greeting. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ this morning. How are you doing? Good, good. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen and amen. Thank you, Freddie, and the worship team for leading us into the throne of God. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, being blessed to be in your presence. And we pray this morning as we worship through the reading of your word, that you would give us, by your Holy Spirit's eyes, to see and have ears, Lord, to hear what your word has to share with us this morning. And not just what's happening in the book of Jonah, Lord, but what's happening and how it relates in our lives and how you still want to speak to us by your Holy Spirit about our lives. So, Father, this morning, would you help us? Help us to pay attention. Help us to listen well. And help us to respond as you want us to respond. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. Last week, we began our new sermon series in on what? Does anybody know? Jonah, and if you have your bulletin with you, it's right there. And so we began a series on Jonah, and I, it's only about, if you were here last week, it's how many chapters? Four chapters, and how many of you have read it this week? Started to, okay? We want to encourage you to look into these four chapters, because it will really give you an insight and a little bit more of, as we share in the next Sundays to come, to learn more and go deeper in some of what this book is all about. And last week, if you were here, remember what Major Phil did? He sang a song with Bram. If you were here, guess what? If I sang this morning, this whole room will be completely empty. You're all going to want to leave, and we don't want to do that this morning. But last week, Major Phil did talk to us. He introduced us to the book of Jonah. And certainly he introduced us not only just the book, so it was the calling that Jonah was placed on, a calling that God called him to have. And God spoke to Jonah, and this is what, jo- what God said to Jonah then. Is, he says, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. And that's what God said to Jonah. And notice, didn't, and, and Jonah didn't say to God, we want to learn about what, how Jonah responded this morning. And this is a continuation of last week. And Jonah, and we noticed that Jonah didn't say to God, I don't want to go to Nineveh right now. Give me some time, Lord, to think about things over. How many of us are like that? And say, give me a couple of months to warm up to this idea. No, 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 not for Jonah. Because you see, Jonah ran away. And Jonah didn't just run away and unlock himself in, in his room or run to the edge of town and hide in an olive grove where no one could find him. 
No, Jonah really ran away. And verse 3 tells us this. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So you ask, how far is Nineveh to Tarshish? Well, Nineveh is what is now known today as the northern Iraq. And Tarshish was about 20, and we're going to look at this map right here, it's about 2,500 miles west of Spain. It was basically on the edge of the then known world. So we've got, think about this, over 3,000 miles, think of Hawaii and California, that gap. And so there is this gap between God's call and Jonah's desire. And God said to Jonah, go east. And Jonah says, I'm going west. Going west. Jonah, go east. And he says, no, I'm going west. He was trying to run from God. And so you, let's see, why would Jonah run? How many of you have run, and you know there's a reason why you're running, aren't you? Either someone is chasing you, or you're, you're running away for something that you did. Well, see, could it be because of who the Ninevites are? The Ninevites. We need to understand who the Nin, who, those who live in Nineveh. You see, when God said Nineveh was wicked, church, he wasn't kidding. God was not kidding that the Ninevites were wicked. Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, the most powerful empire in the world in their day. And the Assyrians had a reputation for cruelty that is so hard for us to understand. And you're going to know why. And listen to this. They were brutal. They were brutal, and when their armies captured a city, a village, or a country, unspeakable violence would happen. Things like, listen to this, some of you may not like it, but this is how they were. They would, they, things like skinning people alive, decapitation, mutilation, ripping out the tongues, making pyramid of human heads piercing the chin with a rope and forcing prisoners to live in kennels like dogs. Isn't that how brutal it is? It is so insane. And I think of our lives today, currently in America today. I think of a group that we are fighting against, our country is fighting, and the whole world, the war on ISIS, isn't that comes to reality for us today, that's where the Ninevites were, the Assyrians. So you see, the Assyrians and the Jews never got along. And so as for Jonah was concerned, Nineveh is not a place to be at. Nineveh is not a place to be at. And he is probably thinking, yeah, right, God, you want me to go and tell those guys to repent of their bad ways? And also, I'm just going to ask them to kill me slowly and painfully. 
You see, I'm going to get away as far as I can possibly can, wouldn't you? So Jonah ran as fast as he could and away and to get away from God. By show of hands, how many of you have ever run away? We're just going to keep it in the room, okay? What's, the, what's said here? No, stays in here. Anyway, I, did, I tried to run away once. I remember I was 12 years old. We were living in Honoka on the big island, and I don't know exactly what happened at that moment, but the only thing I remember was that, and I know it had to do with my parents, the only thing I, I remember was that I probably did not obey them for something that was placed on us as children, but the only thing I remember was I remember taking my luggage and stuffing it all in, 12 years old now, stuffing it all in with all the things I thought I needed to run away. I told my parents, I didn't tell my parents. I told my brother and my sister, I'm going to run away and get out of here as much, as far as I can, and go away. Again, I was very stubborn then, and probably is now, but church, I was so glad I didn't run away, because no way, I had no idea where I was going to go. In the little tiny town of Honoka'a, I know they're going to find me. And can you imagine what I would have missed if I was gone? And certainly if I was gone, I would have missed the spanking, certainly, that I would have gotten. But you know, when I think of God's calling for us, you see, God has a calling that is specifically for you. But a lot of times when there's this calling in us, out of it, out of fear or rebellion, don't we exactly run the opposite direction? There's a call for you to change your behavior, but instead you, you, you do everything you can to avoid it. There's a call for you to be more public with your faith, but instead you keep your light hidden. And there's a call for, to forgive for someone who have harmed you and they have done to you, and instead you avoid as much as you can the cost in order to, to keep that grudge. There's a call to quietness and prayer, but instead you fill your life with busy, important things. And church, there's a call for a specific ministry and the use of your spiritual gifts, but instead, what do we do? We go the other direction and put it in the back burner until the time comes. And there's a call into a relationship with God through Jesus, but instead you throw yourself into the things of the world. And so for Jonah was running away, Jonah was running away from God. But see, church, what we see is that it is impossible to run away from God. Because in the psalm, it tells us that I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. And I like what Sari Young says in one of her devotions about what God is saying to us. And and, And she says, and God tells us, and Jesus says, I am all around you, hovering over you. I am nearer than you dare believe, closer than the air you breathe. I know every thought before you think it, every word before you speak it. Can you see the absurdity of trying to hide from me? You can easily deceive other people and even yourself, but I read you like an open, large print book. 
Church, God sees all. God knows all, and God is everywhere. He is all in all. And church, God has a very powerful GPS. He knows where you are. He knows where we are. You see, we are so much like Jonah, aren't we? Our natural tendency is to run away from God. And we hear the word of God. We know the character of God. We know what it means to be faithful, to do what is right, to live God's way, to have the right priorities and goals in life. And yet, yet we avoid it. We make excuses. We will not listen. We want our own way. And we choose to go in the opposite direction. And we even say to ourselves, not my problem. And it is not my responsibility. Because you see, church, whenever you run, you're going to find God there. That is exactly what Jonah discovered. The worst place to be in our lives is outside the will of God. Every time we make up our mind to get out of the will of God, church, it is always a step down. A step down. If you look at Jonah in the first chapter, you can see that Jonah went down four times. His running away took him four times down. He went down to Joppa. He went down into the hold of the ship. He went down into the sea. And he went down into the belly of the great fish. That's not an accident. It's a statement, church, about what happens when we disobey the will of God and his call. And anytime we run away from God, we never go up. It's always go down. We need to remember that there is no peace in disobedience, and we can't outrun God. You think you can, but we can't. How many of you ever played hide and seek? How many of you ever played hide and seek with a two-year-old? You know what that's like? You can see them, but they can't see you. Think of how God is. What are you running away from in your life today? You have been holding on to the hurts all this time, and you are running away from forgiving that person. Are you running away from spending time with God on a daily basis because it will take away from your busy schedule? How about running away from the responsibilities as being a parent, a spouse, or whatever it is? The list could go on and on. You can even think for yourself of what you're running away from, and it's only you and God who knows it. You see, for Jonah, he did all that it takes to run away as far as he could. But yet God is not going to let him get away that easily. God could have gotten angry, and we know who God is, right? He could have gotten angry and gave up on Jonah. However, that's not the character of our God. It's not him, because see, our God loves us so much, no matter what we've done, no matter what we have disobeyed him, how, no matter how much we've hurt him, he continues to seek us out. He continues to pursue us until we come back to him. 
And in the next path, the scripture in Jonah chapter 1, verse 4, as you'll read this, look at it. When it says, the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. Literally, church, God hurled or threw down wind and created this storm on the sea. And God is in control of everything, of all circumstances, keeping that in mind. He wants Jonah's attention. And it took a while to get Jonah's attention because you know where was he? Down into the ship, sleeping and unaware of what's going on around him. And church, we are blessed to have been given free will. It is a blessing, but also it could be the hardest thing to have. But see, we have been given that. And with that, should we choose to stop reading the Bible? God may not send you a storm to get you reading. When, if you choose to stop coming to church, he does not send an earthquake to shake you up. And if you choose to pursue an unhealthy relationship, he does not send a flood to overwhelm you. If you choose to put the world before the things of God, he doesn't send a fire to wake you up. Not at first. You see, he allows you and me to do what we want and hoping that we will make the right choices for our lives. But God's ultimate desire, church, in spite of the crazy things that we do, it's for us to be obedient and to draw closer to him. And God pursues us not because of he's out to get us. I hope you don't think that way. He is not out to get us. He wants to restore us. To restore us. He is a patient God. Can I hear an amen? And oftentimes, church, he sends storm to bring us around. Sometimes troubles come our way are just the stuff of life. The troubles that are common to everyone. Other times you are persecuted for doing the right thing, but there are times when troubles come because we are not following the voice of God in our lives. And church, there are times when we are going through troubles and we want to blame the devil, but it might not be the devil that is sending us the troubles our way. But look at Jonah's situation it says that God sent the storm on Jonah. And I like what the gospel singer Kirk Franklin said, you should be happy about your troubles. If it wasn't for troubles, some of you would not never pray. The troubles that God sends our way are not to punish us per se, but to draw us back into his will and his call in our lives. For Jonah Church, the storm is literally a wake-up call. And not only the storm, it took him to wake him up. What else? He had, I think he probably snoozed it a bit. How many of you snoozed your wake-up call? Because it wasn't enough. The fish had to come into the picture. It took two wake-up calls for Jonah. How many wake-up calls have you had to experience to get God's attention? For some of us, when we hit bottom, that's a wake-up call. For me, my brother's cancer was a wake-up call for my walk with God. And church, recently, many of you, I just got back from a trip 
from Chicago. I was there for two weeks, and I attended that two weeks conference with other 80 other officers of the Salvation Army, and we were there to learn more about our walk, our personal walk with God. And there, can I tell you, talk about a wake-up call? Wake-up call, I tell you, God has a sense of humor. A wake-up call, getting my attention just before the conference started. Just before it started, I was experiencing this side sharp pain. And you're thinking, "Uh uh-oh, what's going on? That's what I was thinking. And I'm here in Chicago, away from Hawaii. And there was, and I got, and I, I took myself, now someone drove me, to the ER, emergency room. And there in the ER for two hours, God was working a lot. No one was in the ER. I was able to go in. There in the two hours waiting, And I had a doctor that came from Hawaii. Isn't that amazing? There for two hours, can I tell you, God was speaking to me. I was having my wake-up call in the ER in Chicago about what this two-week was going to be for me. And that two-week was God was saying, and I'm laughing, giggling to myself, Lord, are you really kidding me? I'm in the ER. You're telling me you need to take some time. Use this two weeks for yourself, for you and for me. And there, I'm sitting, I said, Lord, I hear you, I got you, I'm going to go through this. I was fi- I'm fine, by the way, nothing, I, I don't know what that was. It was God talking, getting me a wake-up call and my attention. So let me say this, church, all the storms that come into our lives are God's correcting us, not just for our disobedience, because you see, it may be that God is simply, simply ready to take you to the next level of your relationship with him. Whatever that he places you, not because of disobedience, maybe some, but he wants to take you in your next level of your relationship with him and to do what God must, he must do it. What, what does he have to do to take it? He has to take you to the ER. Whatever the ER is for you. For me, it was at that moment in my life. You never know how God will bring circumstances to get you back on track. He may use your finances, your job, your relationship, your health, and the list goes on. But God loves us so much, church, that he wants you to be in the center of his will. And he could have let us suffer for our sins But he didn't. He sent his son to die for us. And that shows me that he is not giving up on us. And when he went up to heaven, Jesus went up to heaven, guess what? He never gave up on us either. He gave us the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? And church, in our daily life, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to be able to make it through with our walk with God. And for Jonah... In the midst of the storm, look at the scripture. In the midst of the storm, Jonah finally realizes, it's my fault. He finally owns up to it. That's brave of him. Certainly, he's been in the storm. And we see this in verse 12. Jonah says, okay, guys, I'm sorry. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. And it will become calm. It's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. But see, listen to what the sailors, the sailors had mercy on him because they really cared about him. And it's interesting because they don't know who Jonah is. They don't know him. But they said, well, 
we're not going to just do that for now. Let's see, how about throwing up some cargo things and some things? Maybe that will work because we want to save you. But guess what, church? That never worked either. So there's like, okay, we give up. We're going to die. We're going to throw you off overboard. And that's what happened. They threw him overboard, and the sea goes calm. What happens next is the amazing thing, but the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was inside there for three days. You see, God continues to be gracious to this runaway prophet. Instead of leaving him to die, he sends this great fish to swallow him up and eventually, of course, carry him into the land three days later. Even when we are running from God, church, he sends a storm but he also sends a way out, a way out. They might be as slimy as a belly of a fish, but it's a way out of all the same. So as we conclude this morning, church, don't run from God, because see, running is tired. It's tiring, especially if you are not fit to run. What is God's call on your life right now? Maybe it is to give your life to him, to step out in, in faith, to stop a certain behavior, or are you running from God? For, for some of us in the room, some of you, probably God is speak, speaking to you as you've been coming to church and saying, I want you to have a personal relationship with me, but you've been kind of avoiding it and running away from it, but it's time to stop running. This is the time for salvation, isn't it? It is. And for us, as those who have had a relationship with God, certainly we're running still, aren't we? We are running. But it's time now to turn back around and run to him. And if you know you haven't been living a life that you should, I would say, church, will you quit running? Jonah was a man of of God who did all what probably... It takes to be a man of God. And are, you in a, are we in any way the same like we, he is? We do the things of God. At the same time, avoiding a close, intimate relationship with the Lord. So whatever storm you may be experiencing in your life this morning, you have to come to the right place because you've come to the right place because God is here, isn't he? The Holy Spirit is here, and he wants to help us. He wants to help us. So church, we need to actually take a moment and to stop running and make another turn back to where God wants us to be. And I think of this picture. I don't know if you have seen this picture before. It is a picture of the prodigal son who ran away with his share of wealth. Hardship came upon him, He had a wake-up call, didn't he? That was the grossest thing, the wake-up call, to eat the pig's food. The greatest moment is when he came home to his father, who had been waiting patiently for his return, stretches out his arms wide open and says, Welcome home, my son. God is saying to you this morning, church, Welcome home, son, daughter. It's been a long time. Some of you may have stepped a little bit off and God's saying, come on over. You see, when you do, you'll see the eyes of our merciful God with an open arms to gather you back to him. 
because it says in Isaiah, therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, to you and to you. Therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. I'm going to call upon the worship team to lead us into a time of prayer. And this time of prayer is a time for a call of action. We've been, you've been sitting there for a while. And in any time I pray, and any time you're at church, I do pray that we will call you to action. You've heard the word. What are you going to do about it? We have been given free will, haven't we? And certainly, what are you going to act on this morning? What has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you? Maybe there's an act of response to where I need to deal with forgiveness. There's, a, there's something coming up in my life right now that I don't know what it's about. It is a little cloud that's glooming, and it's a storm that's going to come your way. And God is saying, today's the day to give back and to come back and ask God for help and to commit yourself. You know, I've been flying, of course, with an airplane. And I think the much I've been flying, I feel like I think I can run, the pl- I can pilot the plane. But guess what? I'm reminded that I, I'm not even a co-pilot with a pilot on the plane. And in my spiritual life, I've been reminded that God is my pilot. I have to allow him to take control. Whatever happens, I'm going to have to be in his will and stop running away. And when I do run, I got to learn how to come back. Church, and that's what it's all about this morning. Coming back to him with whatever you're dealing with in your life. Let the song speak to you. Come if you need to pray at the altar, the mercy seat where mercy is found. Or if you want to stand up and just use this time to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And we'll be willing to pray with you if you want us to. So with your eyes closed and your head bowed and listen to the music. And listen to the Holy Spirit this morning. Church, I don't know what you're going through, but I do know that we have a God who's always there and never want to leave us. He was there for Jonah in spite of his running away. And I don't know what struggles is coming upon us. School is back soon. Decisions to be made. And certainly work is still continues on. And life is real, isn't it? Life is real. But God is also real. So if there are any prayer that you would like me to lift you up this morning, I just with a show of your hands, go ahead and lift it up and say, Lord, I've got... I've got something, and I want to give it to you this morning. With your eyes closed, I do ask, go ahead and raise those hands. And I want to pray for you. Amen. God bless you. Hands are being raised, and those hands, God knows. Father God, you are an amazing God, full of love and full of grace. And this morning, Lord, we have been reminded of your prophet, of your prophet Jonah, who who certainly who loves you, but still yet runs away because we can't deal with what's happening, what real life is. And many times we are just like Jonah, certainly is, even though we want to deny it. But we are so much like him. And in the storms of life that somewhat comes, sometimes comes our way, 
we don't like it, but somehow it is a time that you wake us up and it allows us to draw more closer and closer to you. So we thank you, Lord, even though it, it's difficult. Life is hard. But Lord, we have been reminded that you are a God who never leaves us nor forsakes us. That you are the God who gives us your Holy Spirit who equips us, who guides us, who teaches us, and certainly convicts us. And so, Father, for those who have raised their hands, many have raised their hands this morning. And so, Lord, I pray you just be with each and every one of them, with all their needs, their concerns, or praises unto you. We give that up to you this day. And, Father, we just want to say we thank you We love you for who you are. You are wonderful. And we leave this day knowing that we're not alone, that we can go out knowing that you're our God. All the time, you are good, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.